Morning, everybody. Good to see you here. So uh, a few months ago, maybe a, a, just a few weeks ago, I can't remember anyway, Mark said to us, uh, do you want to speak? And we said yes. And he said, speak about whatever's on your heart. And Hannah and I sort of looked at each other and said, uh, shopping lists, work. Uh, anyway, there, there are three words that, um, that have, uh, we've just been mulling over a little bit. Um, and those three words are fellowship, surrender, and vulnerability. Now, it's, it's possible that those three words are linked, and we'll find out as we go on whether they are or not. We're not quite sure. Um, so uh, Hannah's going to come and talk to us a little bit more about fellowship and vulnerability, but um, this word surrender has been on my, my mind and my heart for a little while. It, it came to the fore uh, two weeks back, maybe three weeks back, when I, I was away with uh, some of our young people at a weekend away at Westbrook over in, uh, over in Ryde. I uh, had a brilliant time. It was run by Youth for Christ. Uh, so I was just there to play table tennis, which was brilliant. No responsibility. Um, but this, this word, uh, surrender, kept on coming up through the talks that the, the youth leaders were giving. And, uh, and it just seemed to me like in every song, there was this word surrender. And I, I felt prompted to just... Uh, share with the young people there just to try and explain what that word means. Because when we hear surrender, we tend to think of defeat, don't we? Um, if we think about it in popular language, we might say, you know, you surrender your rights as a citizen. Perhaps if you were arrested, you would surrender your rights as a citizen. But that is, uh, that's forced upon you, isn't it? Um, we, we, maybe the image of a white flag comes up when we think of surrender. But we think of it as giving up as a sign of weakness. Now, it is, in some ways, seen as that. And I was trying to think of where in life would surrender uh, not be appropriate. I've taken up badminton against Ashley. No, not against Ashley. Ashley and I go along to Ride King's Badminton Club. There are some county-level uh, badminton players. It's safe to say Ashley and I are not that level. Um, but like, when, we're, when we're playing a game of badminton, if it gets to 15-7, like, you know, if we just said, you know what, white flag, I'm off, I give up. It's not the way you play badminton, is it? You carry on fighting even if you lose 21-7, which happens regularly for me. Ashley's a bit better. But anyway, it happens regularly. And you know, if you imagine uh, back when the, the women were in the, um, the... Was it the World Cup final they were in? It wasn't European... It was World Cup, wasn't it? Yeah, the, the Women's Football World Cup. Can you imagine them, you know, in the 75th minute or something, just saying, do you know what? We've had enough. We're off. Uh, you lot can win. Don't care. It, it doesn't work, does it? That's, that's not how we do it. So surrender doesn't apply in every aspect of life. Um, when I was uh, thinking about this word surrender, there was um, one of the, the quotes that came to mind was from Winston Churchill, uh, I'm sure many of us will have heard this before. Um, so Winston Churchill uh, talking about, uh, well, you know, trying to uh, encourage us as a country about how we should fight the war we were in. He said, we, sh we shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. We're going to come back to military surrender in a moment. Um, 
But just uh, to give us a little bit of an idea, what does the dictionary say about what surrender is? It says, uh, I mean, when you go online and look at dictionaries, you get umpteen different, trans- <laughs> different uh, definitions. Anyway, this, I think this was Cambridge said this, so it should be right. Um, to give something that is yours to someone else because you have been forced to do so or because it is necessary to do so. So the, the um, International Red Cross uh, defines the, the legal sense of surrender. Um, I think it's up on the screen there, a, a bit of it. So it gets a bit wordy. I, I do apologize. I think, uh, who was it who said I shouldn't use long words? K. Got, we got the, the word unilateral in here. Is that all right? We can use that one. Anyway, so uh, a unilateral act, which means one person uh, performing this act, a unilateral act whereby by putting their hands up, throwing away their weapons, or raising a white flag, or in any other suitable fashion, isolated members of armed forces or members of a formation clearly express to the enemy during battle their intention to cease fighting. You can imagine it, can't you? Putting your hands up. This is an act of surrender. You're, you're in no way a threat anymore. And in international law, an isolated member of the armed forces or members of a group, uh, a formation who surrender are considers, considered or the combat. They must not be made the object of attack. So there, there's a law there that even in the, the heat of battle, if somebody surrenders, then the opposition cannot just attack them. We can't help but think about the war that's going on in Ukraine at the moment. Um, we know that there have been moments when that law has been broken. And I can't imagine what that would have been like for the person who actually says puts their hands up whether they waved a white flag or put their weapons down and for them to still be killed. Can't imagine what that would be like. But we, we have this agreement that that is a sign that I am putting myself entirely in your hands. There have been moments when surrender was right. I don't think there's anybody here who would say that Germany should not have surrendered in World War II. But if we looked at Ukraine and Russia, would we feel it was right if Ukraine surrendered now? I think not. So there, there's, a, there's a bit of a tension here, isn't there? there? There are times to surrender and times not to when we look at surrender in the world. And we can understand why surrender is considered this last resort of defeat. I mean, why should I give up? Why should I give up? It's my life. I don't want to show any sign of weakness. I'll I'll lose. I'll be a loser. People will think that I'm a wimp, maybe, if I surrender. I don't want to appear flaky in front of other people. So when is surrender a good thing? Kay's going to come up and just read a passage to us. Um, many of us will know the, the second part of this passage really well, but the problem with it is it starts with the word therefore. And as I've told you before, if you see the word therefore, you've got to ask, what is it therefore? Because therefore always follows on from something else. So we've had to go a little bit further back. And th- so back in Philippians 1, Paul is 
Uh, he's in prison, and he's talking to uh, the people of Philippi about how they should live their lives in community, in fellowship with one another. So, hit it, Kay. That's why I asked if there was any big words. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Philippians 1, 27 to 2, verse 11. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will only know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted that you, on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in his spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility value to others above yourselves." not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used in his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him in the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that as a name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Thank you, Kate. So there's two therefores in there. Because of this, do this. Because of this, do this. Or because of this, this has happened. Last week, Ashley was uh, talking about identity and uh, how um, we reflect Jesus to the community around us, to the people around us. We are made in the image of the invisible God. Mark was saying, none of us is a mistake. And it's absolutely true. And if anyone ever, even if people don't say you're a mistake, sometimes people put us down, don't they? And they, they may uh, quash our spirit or make us feel like we're inadequate, or perhaps we've done that to other people. But every single human being is made in the image of the invisible God. We are made in the, in the image of God. And in that verse that we've just, or those passages we've just read there, our attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus surrendered everything he had for us. I don't, we can't always quite get our heads around this because we sometimes think of Jesus becoming when he, uh, when he was born. But Jesus is God and Jesus has always been God. Jesus was the word in the beginning who spoke uh, this world that we live in into existence. 
the one who said, let there be light. Giving up that power, that authority, and you know, that, uh, that glory, being surrounded by angels worshipping him, giving up that. So he surrendered all of that so that we could be saved. And we can, we can, uh, we, we have a, a picture of that in the Bible, or, or an example of that difficulty that he had in surrendering when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, so the night that he was um, going to be arrested, and he was pleading with God, God, please take this cup away from me. Take what I have to do away from me, um, but not what I want, but what you want. That is surrender, isn't it? And we, we pray it. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. That is us surrendering, if we mean those words. If we're just saying them, then it's not. But we can't ask God to do his will if we don't surrender our own will, can we? We can't cling on to, I'm going to do this my way, but yeah, God, you do it your way. Because it doesn't work like that. We have to surrender our will in order to ask God to bring his will, to do his will. We're told in the Bible to seek God's kingdom first. And then everything else will be added to us. We can't seek God first if we're seeking our own thing first. So what is it that stops us? I mean, if we go back to like, the popular um, understanding of surrender, then it's, it's about giving up, isn't it? And we don't want to lose face in front of other people. We don't want to look like we're losing. Perhaps that's why we, perhaps that's what stops us from surrendering. And if we look at the, the dictionary definition, it talks about forced submission, didn't it? Maybe we don't feel that we want to be forced into something, but maybe we've got the wrong idea. God, is, God isn't forcing us to surrender. He's inviting us to surrender and offering something better in place of it. If we look at that, that legal definition of surrender, um, as I said, like if, if you're going to put your hands up and somebody's pointing at a, a gun at you, you, you've, you are fully trusting that they aren't going to attack you. Maybe we've got the wrong idea of who God is. Maybe there's some kind of fear in us that God isn't there for us, that he isn't on our side, that he isn't... Maybe we think he's, he's going to attack me if I surrender. So we just cling on to that little bit of whatever we've got. But God is the only one that we can surrender to and safely surrender. There is no fear that he's going to attack us as a result of it. I'm speaking to myself as well, as you know. I mean, Alan definitely knows that he's seen me this week having a stress out at work. But there, there are things I need to surrender. Probably one, one big thing is surrendering um, self... Uh, what's the word? Uh, Self-reliance. So, yeah, I go out to work and I pull in clients and it's about me finding the right work and doing the right job for people. I need to surrender that to God and recognize that God is the one who supplies my needs and my family's needs. Um, that's a, a journey that I'm on. But I can fully trust him. 
He is Jehovah Jireh. He is the one who will provide. We have nothing to fear. I'm going to hand over to my good lady wife. Happy Mother's Day. Can you hear me if I... Oh, yes, you can. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to say the same sort of things as Simon. <laughs> I'm going to start with reading a quote from a book I've been delving into called Holy Hayuga, if that's how you say it. Hayuga is a Danish lifestyle, and this is just talking about how godly it is, actually. I believe that appreciation is a holy thing that when we look for, for what's best in the person we happen to be with at the moment, we're doing what God does. So in loving and appreciating our neighbor, we're participating in something truly sacred. I'm just going to have a sip of water. Hang on. So as Simon's been talking about surrendering, there are so many pictures that come into our mind. And I don't know if you've heard the phrases dying to oneself or taking up your cross or those kind of things. It's the same imagery. Uh, I don't know for you, but often when we hear those phrases, um, we can think it, it brings up pictures of lacking or um, going without or a list of do's and don'ts or that we can't have what we want, or um, we can't enjoy ourselves. Um, as I've been looking into this this week, what's come to me is that it's, it's exactly the opposite. <laughs> when we give up what we want, as Simon has said, we actually experience more freedom, more joy, more fulfillment. We experience what God wants us to experience. Um, I'm not saying it's easy. It's not a, an easy thing, surrendering or being vulnerable um, or giving things up. Uh, there's a verse in Matthew 16:24. Let me just look it up. It says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Both in surrendering and in self-denial, we're looking at, when we're under God, we're looking at more than just self-help or self-awareness or reading the next it book about um, achieving your goals or um, doing the next course. As Simon has already said, when we're under God, the self-denial, the surrendering, isn't just left. We don't just surrender to nothing. We don't just give up to nothing. We don't stay denied. He is on the other side of our self-denial. He is on the other side of our surrender. He is on the other side of giving up. It's not nothing. It's not empty. And it's more than just a fill-up. It's filled to overflowing. And there's even more to come. One way we can do this is being vulnerable with each other. We are made to live in fellowship and community. 
There's a verse in Ecclesiastes that I'm just going to read. It talks about not being on your own. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 12. Forgot to say that before. <laughs> Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can we be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Dying to self is ongoing work. It's not a once-off. We need to be brave in being vulnerable with each other. Each of us has hardships that we've been through, hurts that we live with, frustrations that we experience, our own wants, our own needs. We all have that. And our bodies are actually, and our minds are actually really clever. Um, they have such an intricate way of protecting ourselves. Some of us, me included, we have our coping strategies, we have our protection strategies, we have ways of protecting ourselves. We must be careful, though, that we don't exclude all of our feelings under the guise of protection. I've heard a lady speak um, about vulnerability, and she was talking about how vulnerability is so closely linked with joy and how we experience the joy in life. We've got a whole range of emotions. God was so clever when he, when he designed us. And while we want to protect ourselves from further hurts, while we want to try and ignore, push down hurts, frustrations, anger, we will inevitably push away love, connection, joy, contentment, and peace. When we concentrate on trying to protect ourselves, we lose out on joy. There are whole experiences and moments that we really don't want to miss out on. We don't want to miss out on with God and with others. There's something so powerful about experiencing life with others. One thing I, I really love about being a Christian and, and my faith is um, the Trinity. I don't pretend to really understand it all, um, how God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit work, but I really love the Trinity. It's not just one being, person, spirit on his own. He's community himself. One, one definition was about being the necessity of being with and in one another. And I just love that. There's a Greek word, perichoresis, which means the procession from father to son to spirit, to father to son to spirit. And I've heard it um, explained as an eternal dance. And I just think that's wonderful. That's what we were created out of, because we are all created in God's image. We've heard that today a number of times. 
We have all been created in his image. We were created out of that eternal dance and that eternal joy and that eternal community and that eternal fellowship. So vulnerability. <laughs> I know that a lot of people, when you say surrender, when you say self-denial, when you say vulnerability, <laughs> there's a physical reaction. It's, it's hard. Now, by vulnerability, I don't mean running around, oversharing with every friend you have, every stranger you have, giving them all the information, your whole life history. That's, that's not what I mean. There are, there are times to share with certain people. I would encourage you to find two or three people that you can share this messy life with. To be your imperfect person with them, knowing that they are going to point you towards God. So what I actually mean about vulnerability is being ready. Yes, we want to be ready to encourage others. We want to be ready to disciple others. We want to be ready to um, have people be accountable with us. But you know that goes both ways. We can't do that if we are not ready to be encouraged. If we are not ready to be accountable to somebody else. If we are not ready to be discipled. So when I think about vulnerability, I think about be ready. Be ready to be accountable. Be ready to be discipled. Be ready to be encouraged. Be ready to be pointed to the Lord our God, our Savior, Jesus Christ. We have to have a teachable spirit. Be a lifelong learner. Because it probably will take the most of your life to learn. <laughs> it is a hard thing we have to trust other people as Simon was saying that, that surrender position we have to trust that other person is going to be vulnerable with us and point us to God we all have different backgrounds we all have different experiences we all have different ways that we think But living alongside, living alongside someone who thinks differently than you, but has the same purpose in worshipping and glorifying God, is powerful. You know that you can trust them. We will make mistakes. We are messy people. <laughs> I was reminded yesterday of the main reason we can do this. And as Simon has already said, it's because Jesus did it first. He has gone before us. And he has been the most vulnerable that we can imagine. He was vulnerable enough to give up everything and to be put to death in a, a horrible, horrible way. And public in public and he was naked how much more vulnerable can you get so for us to follow him and for us to take up our cross means to know
that he has gone before us. He's not looking for perfection. He's looking for connection. He's looking for us to take up our cross and follow him. I'm just going to read the verses that Kay read again. Um, And it would be great if we had some time to respond um, and think about letting people in, letting God in. I'm sure there's many of us who are happy to pray with people now, but you can also pray with the person next to you. Um, Yeah, can the band come back up and we'll just spend some time in response. Just going to read some verses. I do just actually want to encourage you as a church. When Simon and I first came to this church, we were very, very encouraged. I think we are all very good at encouraging each other and pointing each other to God. Let's just keep digging into that even more. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. Who being in very nature, God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God in heaven, you are a triune God of relationship. You have said that it's not good for people to be alone, and so you gave us each other. Open my eyes to see who in my life needs encouragement, discipleship, evangelism. Help me begin to grow a new relationship. Help me to ask good questions and serve others with humility. If anyone is alone... Help me to see what you see.